Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter with not Fergus Craig this week. It's me, Paul Doolan, and with me on the phone is Dave Watson. Hello, Paul. Hi, Dave. Now, people wondering why Fergus isn't here, I think you could be guessing probably for a year and you wouldn't get the reason why he's not here today. (laughs) He is filming an advert for the Swiss post office. (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean... (laughs) It's at least, you know it's not an excuse when he says he's not going to be here for that reason. Yeah, the thing that cracks me up is surely in this day and age, all all he needs really is to be in a studio and record a bit of voice work, isn't he? Or is he actually in front I of the camera? I think he's going to be in front of the camera. In other, we should get all the Fergus Craig news out of the way before we go into the pod. Because I think our listeners will have heard him occasionally bang on about the show he did with David Hasselhoff, which yesterday <laughs> won an international Emmy. Bloody hell. Yeah. So in a way, in a way, the Newcastle Natter is the international Emmy award winning Newcastle Natter. (laughs) That's how I choose to take that news. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Right. From one failing giant to another, Newcastle against Leeds, Dave. Did you watch it? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, It was. Did you get to see it? Yes. It was yeah, on Sky. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, it was one of those games where we, because we got to see the whole thing, um, I was really disappointed in the in the football that I saw. Despite really? the fact we won, and despite the fact it was comfortable, and despite the fact like um, the second goal was a thing of beauty, like the overall standard was like. Oh, I don't I know. know. I, I like. I think, mind you, I I found a lot of the time when we were awful in the Premier League I'd come away from games thinking well that was okay I was quite impressed yeah, I yeah. thought I thought we pressed really well throughout there were a couple of spells where Leeds looked like they might score but that's going to happen in any game but I thought mm. we looked we looked very well drilled I know yeah. what you mean there wasn't an amazing that, amount of skill on show yeah I, I, that's that's the thing for me because the 
what's been what's been a, like a, a characteristic of our, of our game um, has been are technically a lot better than everybody else in the league um, because of players like Richie and um, Perez and Diame and Gufran, Bizarre and um, yeah. and Shelby and stuff. But like Gufran and Richie, for me, were pretty much anonymous. Um, yeah. And I noticed Perez a lot, but that was because he tended to be giving the ball away. Yeah, and his ball retention isn't great. Role. I think our yeah, number I mean, 10 did. role still feels like the weakest area of the team for me. Absolutely. I was going to say that he gave the ball away, like Perez gave the ball away twice as much as any other member of our team. He gave the ball away eight times. And I get that the role that he plays, that's going to happen because he, like, a lot of moves go through the number 10 position. So he's trying the through balls and he's trying the the, the quick passes or whatever. And a lot of times, certainly away from home against a team that's quite well drilled and quite um, disciplined, they're not going to come off because... You know, it, it's increasingly difficult. But yeah, I just it wasn't like one of the games where you you come away thinking they've been, you know, we absolutely blew them off the park or at any point. Um, no, but away from home years. as well. The thing with Perez, I think yeah. it's about partnerships with him. Like there were him and Gale don't seem to have a great understanding between each other, whereas him and Mitrovic yeah. seem to have a bit of a better idea of what the other one's going to do. But Gale got another two goals. He's now on 13, so three ahead mm. of anyone else in the top scorer for the league. And doesn't look like he's taking the foot off the gas anytime soon no. either. And it, the, um, the, the thing about his opener, I mean, yes, it owed a lot to um, Rob Green. Yeah. That, was, that well, took me so instantly somebody... back to England versus USA. That oh, God, yeah, game. I can't remember. I was in Yeah, like, I can remember game. the goal, but I can't remember the competition or um, the opposition. Well, it must have um, been World Cup. Yeah, it was the yeah, Vuvuzela yeah. World Cup, wasn't it, I think? Um, somebody sent me a stat, um, or I saw a stat online or something, I can't remember. But it was um, uh, the last five league seasons, uh, Rob Green's conceded 176 goals, but 20 of them were down to errors. Jesus. Like for for a player in so one know, in one nine, top, yeah. But one like he so that's one of the top um, divisions in Europe. The championship still is former so, England keeper as well. Yeah, he's, he's terrible. But um, what I did like about Dwight Curl's game is the the endeavour. Like he was yeah. everywhere. He was working so hard. And to be fair, Perez as well. But. Um, that's the thing with our pressing game he sort of spearheads that we're so much better at closing teams down with him up front because he just chases everything it's a very different proposition to Mitrovic and again it's that partnerships things when when Dwight Gale's playing um, that role I notice uh, John Shelby a lot more Mm. and when Mitrovic is playing I notice Richie and Gufran a lot more and I think it's because when obviously when when you've got a big lad up front, you're trying to get crosses into the box, and the the balls that are getting up to him uh, when he receives the ball, he's looking to the flanks to you know for, for an outlet so that he can then get in the box. Whereas when Gale receives the ball in the centre, he's very much looking to run off the shoulder of the the defence, so the balls are going in behind him and stuff. And he's not really looking for for, for Richie or Gunnar on the flanks. Yeah. Like his service is best, you know. He gets his best service with through balls or on the diagonal or something like that. 
Um, so it is, like you say, it's, it's um, uh, partnerships again. But um, his second goal... It was a great my team God, goal. what a thing of beauty. Yeah. What a thing of beauty. Um, and Vernonita, involved. Anita, who a lot of people didn't think would or should start as well, but it was between him and Yedlin, really, and Yedlin would be on international duty for America. So I can see why mm. Anita would get the call. Well, it's also because um, Leeds United have got arguably the best left back in the in the division in um, in Charlie Taylor. Um, he's he was terrific against us, and um, I think if uh, if we can get him in January, I know we've got Lazar and essentially you know um, Hydara play, uh, as well now. Oh God, and Hydara as well. Yeah, maybe we won't then. But I'd love I'd love to go in for a, a Charlie Taylor because he, he looked. Really solid at the back, and I think that's part of the reason why Richie had such a quiet game. And I mm. think that's why we started Anita because Anita offers a lot more defensively than than Yedlin does. It could it could be the news tied from the um, well. I think as well because I think it was it seemed like a fairly close call for once between Mitrovic and Gale, but Mitrovic had played midweek as well or at the weekend mm. internationally, and Gale hadn't. So I think Benitez does seem to base a lot of his selection around who's been with him all week and who's freshest it does seem to pay off because I was looking at Perez specifically because I think he's a conundrum in this league and I wanted mm. to you know how many how, what's his pass passing like and it's, it's pretty poor what's his um, you know what, what else does he add to the game and it was interesting he, he seems to go on runs of two games starting and then two games from the bench and then two games starting and two games from the bench so I don't know with with Gail and Mitrovic it might be it might be similar like um, mm. now that they're both firing on all cylinders we might see Mitrovic play the next two games and then Gail play two games and then Mitrovic yeah. you know, but it was just it was interesting that it was you know when he started he played 90 minutes and when he when he when he's coming off the bench, he's only getting like fifteen or less. Um, but yeah, with um, with, with Mitrovic and Gala, I, I, I fancy Mitrovic to start the next game, which is Blackburn at home. Yeah, with Gale as well. One thing because I think it happened between the last pod and now, Dwight Gale had four teeth knocked out in, a, in a, a late night altercation which does beg the question should we now be doing that ahead of every game <laughs> does it, it could be a lucky omen you could pick a fan from the crowd to knock his teeth out before kick off yeah well we've got plenty of bruises in our crowd that we yeah. can probably sort that out Mitrovic would probably <laughs> step up <laughs> well it could it could well have been Mitrovic that knocked his teeth out True. Um, we don't know We, I, I wouldn't like to speculate um did you hear as, as um, Lascelles and uh, Gail were walking off the pitch after they'd had the post-match interview and and uh, the handing over the man of the match award? Um, the fans were singing, "He scores with no teeth." He with no, <laughs> no teeth. I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and there was also in his celebration of the second, he seemed to not celebrate, um, you know, vociferously, and he was holding up his. Up his hands as if he was um, with finger and thumb, um, saying like small or near or whatever. I think that's because someone, the, the pictures I saw, somebody threw an inhaler at him. So I think that yeah, was like no, near miss kind of hand gesture. I wonder if that would get picked up because. But the inhaler. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it would. No, we just leave it for the next guy. Because um, that's pretty bad. Because, I mean, we've had a coin thrown at Yedlin, uh, an inhaler thrown at, um, at Gale. It's, what like, happens want... when you're the big team, Dave? People yeah. want to throw coins. Why would you throw an inhaler, though? You're going to need that. <laughs> you start having like, wooden <laughs> limbs thrown at him. Just, just make do with um, coins if you're listening, Leeds fans. Please don't throw coins. No. Just notes. <laughs> yeah, just notes. notes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we should probably move on from the game, but a couple of other things to talk about in it. Uh, the Colbeck yeah. penalty appeal Leeds had, where it was basically smashed at his arm from behind at close range. I don't think it was ever a penalty. But no, Gary, no, Gary Monk seemed way, to though. think it was. Yeah, but again, it's that um, it's a it's a useful um, tool for a losing manager to get in front of the camera and say, "If there's been a contentious decision, um, oh well, the reason that we didn't get the, the the result that we wanted to is because the the officials let us down or whatever." Like, there's it deflects the attention away from the fact that. Um, both their wingers had really poor games mm. and I don't think really challenged us um, down the flanks and then in the centre although they were both quite young players I don't think Shelby or Colback were really they weren't no. bothered at all in the Leeds, first half they did and, look like they couldn't string more than two passes together they were a lot poorer than I was expecting mm. yeah certainly for a team that's been on good form and who's you know the seventh now um, they were sixth before we played them mm. uh, it, yeah the, the, like, that's not good ourselves the standard in the, in the championship isn't isn't great but no. you do expect teams up the top there who are punching for playoffs and stuff to operate at a slightly higher level but yeah the standard wasn't it was nice it to be at Ellen Road again though it did have the feel of a bigger game you know that's their first sellout in five years six years something like that yeah um, I mean we obviously we're a big we're a big team and we're a big draw and we, we take a lot of fans away with us but yeah like this, it's like the, the game at Villa Park the game at Ellen Road the game at um, the uh, um, like probably at Carroll Road will feel more like a Premier League game um, yeah I just can't wait to get back up there. No, no it does. Just give us the, just give us the title now. I mean, it's it does have a feel. Like how many points them. clear of third are we now? Is it nine? Third. Yeah. Oh, God, why do you ask that, man? Um, <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. Uh, yeah, we're nine points clear of third. We are. Jesus, we're thirteen points clear of six. So let's um, not get ahead of ourselves, but at the same time, we are getting ahead of ourselves because well, it does feel like we're going to walk the division. Well, interesting. Last last time we were down here with 17 games played, we were, at this stage of the season, we were only two points clear of West Brom and only uh, six points clear of third. And we were uh, like nine points clear, only nine points clear of six. So it's interesting, like this season, the, the chasing pack seems to be taking points off each other mm. a lot more than in the last time we were down where West Brom and, and ourselves were basically just, you know, we were just steamrolling teams. Whereas now it's just us. And yeah, Norwich, Norwich and Huddersfield, away. who looked like they were going to be really strong, they've both fallen off and suddenly yeah, Reading are really- coming through. But yeah, I agree. The other thing to talk about in this game, 
the tribute to Gary Speed on 11 Minutes thought was a very nice touch. Yeah. I know we've talked yeah, about was... sort of minutes applause before, but this felt like a a well-observed, sort of genuinely well-meant thing that was a, a proper mark of respect to him. Yeah, and in, in a way, because I know it was supposed to be like two minutes of, of recognition for it, so there was applause and there was chance. And I might be wrong, but it certainly felt like there was an organic extra minute and a half, two minutes of um, various chants for speed after those two minutes. Yeah. So it's not like the, oh God, we have to, otherwise we seem callous or uncaring, yeah. as is the case with MH17. It felt very much more like, no, we want to celebrate this guy. We want to, you know, um, just sing his name to the roof because he's a huge loss to the world of football and obviously to his, his family and stuff, but just, what a what a gent and what a what a tragic loss. Yeah, and on that quite sombre note, we're going to go for an ad break now. But we'll be back after these messages. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call zero two zero three eight one seven four double eight zero or visit Livingstone. Dash tech.com to find out how. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. What about those messages, Dave? Well, I'm going to be broke because I'm going to buy everything that was just uh, spoken about. I hope it was just cock rings and lube. <laughs> is, is there a big... Uh, is there a big push on that before Christmas? Yeah, massive in the run-up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stocking filler. Baubles. Yeah. So, um, moving on from the Leeds game, although yeah. that was our eighth Premier League win in a row, nine in all competitions. win in a row. Yes, sorry. It, well, it just feels <laughs> like we're there. Yeah, nine in all competitions, there. which I hadn't realised is a club record. Oh, no, it will be a club record if we make it ten. If Benitez yeah, and if, ten in a row, and if we beat, um, I think it's if we go thirteen league games in a row, I think that be, beats Kevin Keegan's in the ninety one ninety two season. Yeah, because Keegan managed thirteen, but there was a, a League Cup game that they drew in the middle of that run. But yeah, thirteen yeah. league wins, which and that, to, that to would be, honest, be getting on, ahead on, of ourselves. Well, you said that, but our next. Four fixtures in the league. A Blackburn who's in twenty second. Yeah. Forest who are in eighteenth. Birmingham at home, but Birmingham are fifth at the minute. And uh, Wigan who uh, away who are twenty uh, third. So we've got, you know, we've got three of the bottom five or so. And yes, we've got a top five club. But I thought, like it might be getting ahead of ourselves. But I yeah, genuinely I think I look is. at those four fixtures. And I'd fancy us to win every game. It's a tough one at the moment because we are just breaking records. So it is hard to it's hard to be pessimistic in the way we used to be. You just look at games yeah. now and think, well, we're top of the league by a distance, so we should be beating whoever we come up against. This must be how many new <laughs> fans felt in the nineties. <laughs> are we the bad guys um, now? Yeah, and we got skulls on our clubs. Oh. Crap stuff. The um. The, 
one thing I've noticed is the the rhetoric coming out of the club in you know in those puff pieces that the Chronicle run and the like the local the local newspapers run. Um, it's moved away from uh, oh we know every game's tough, we know every game's going to be a challenge and all the rest of it. It's now moved to well we're confident of beating each team. Yeah. We're confident of beating any team that we face. So that I think we're, what we're transitioning from is like that. Um, the the kind of we're not taking anything for granted. We're going to do our best and work hard and all the rest of it. To that almost um, arrogant confidence that you need to be a, a winner. Like well, that. we've earned the right I'm, to arrogance now. The start of the season, yeah. we shouldn't have just been saying we expect to beat anyone. Maybe the com- do you think the messages coming out of the club will get even more confident? <laughs> the point is like we're, we're going to piss this. Yeah. Well, this is, like you've seen it. You must have seen it on um, on Twitter and stuff. The after after the first few games, I mean, if you ignore the first two games, we've beaten everybody apart from Aston Villa away, and Aston Villa are a difficult side. Every so, so if we're winning every game, the the post game Twitter is a lot more like I don't know cocky and <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a big fan of it. I'm sure you are. I find it a bit hard to take sometimes because we do. We are guilty of doing the things we have a go at teams of of fans of other teams for doing. Yeah. Although the one well, okay. the one thing that does annoy me is Championship fans saying we're only doing well because of the parachute payments, which is a complete lie. We've not had any parachute payment money. If we go up this season, no. we won't see a penny of it. No, and also um, the, to, to back that up, you're seeing all the there's fans of other clubs saying that it's the parachute payments and all, and also you've spent fifty million quid, as if we've tapped into a reserve of ours that um, they haven't had available to them. But every penny that we've spent on players, we made through player sales, and we've got thirty million pound in the bank yeah. now for teams like Norwich. They've they've sold they've sold um, good players for a lot of money. Leeds consistently sell their best player every season for to them quite a lot of money. Um, Ipswich do it with their youth product. Derby do it with theirs, etc., etc., etc. Look, if if you had the, the if you sold the players for what their what their market value is or whatever, well, there you go. That's why that's why we can afford yeah. it because we had good players that we sold. I think so, if you compare so, us to QPR when they went down and they just had the highest, they had one of the highest wage bills in the Premier League, let alone the Championship, and they had genuinely tried to buy success. We've got quite a decent wage bill. We're not in any way spunking money that we've not got. No. And you see the, the, the fans of the clubs who are moaning loudest are the, the, the clubs who are... Um, of, of a big or moderate size. You know, you talk like not Forest, Aston Villa, Leeds, yeah. you know, quote unquote big clubs. Brentford fans aren't moaning. <laughs> and I guarantee if Leeds fans are saying it's not a fair playing field because we've got all this money, are they going to then throw their game for Rotherham and Brentford because it's not a fair playing field because those clubs are tiny and don't have any money? Of course they're not. Yeah, and this you is the same... You make the best of- it's the same Leeds who... 
paid Seth Johnson was it eighty grand a week or something? Yeah, <laughs> they have spent more. They've wasted more money than most clubs will ever see in their re- well recent-ish past. I think yeah. it's a bit rich it, coming from them. Yeah, like I, I, to be honest, if Rotherham or Brentford did say, well, obviously we're we're fourteenth or um, rock bottom because we just can't compete. We can't. You know, we we can barely pay to keep the lights on. Like, obviously, we're not going to compete. But it's 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 clubs who, yeah, of course you can. You just got to be a better run club. Yeah. But anyway, that's fine. Now, I don't know if you saw the news. This is clearly a non-story, but I wanted to talk about it anyway, just for your reaction. The news that West Ham are apparently ready to sack their manager Slaven Bilic and want mm. Rafa Benitez in his place do you think there's yeah, any way on earth that would happen no there's not a, not, not a fucking hope he's going to swap total control of a project that he wanted to get into like he approached Newcastle when we were in the Premier League and um, if he didn't want the job there's no way he'd be here, here now even you know despite all the no, you know, regardless of how much money Charlie or whatever threw at him, if he didn't want the job, he wouldn't be here. It's a pro. It's his project. It's his baby. It's working well. Yeah. Where we are fifty to one on with Ladbrokes to be promoted automatically. Like you'd have to put fifty quid down to win one pound for us to be able to get that automatic promotion spot. So for six months in the Premier League with the Dildo Twins. Um, he's not going to he's not going to trade no. up for them because even even if they like even if he goes there and they give him a lot of money and he stays up, it's not really his project. It's not really his baby. It's it's another Premier League. It's you know it's a it's a cookie cutter Premier League club who are as likely to struggle financially because of the the new um, stadium they're in as they are to push on. They've got some good players, but a lot of their players have got huge contracts and like huge wages, and they're not performing and all the rest. He's not going to go there. They are very close to the Westfield shopping centre, though. That could sway him. (laughs) That's my worry. But then um, Rafa's uh, close to the Metro Centre now. He's banned from there, though. He's been banned. Is he? For the streaking that he did, so, now, there's yeah. just no chance. There's no chance he's going to go to to West Ham. Yeah, he, I agree. There's, all, there's also stuff about because um, uh, uh, Crystal Palace obviously aren't doing that well. And I was um, going to talk to you about this because I don't know if you're aware. Crystal Palace's manager is Alan Pardew, who used to manage us. Have sorry, you heard of him? Pardew. Alan it's not Par- French. It sounds it. Okay. How's, how's he doing? Not well, Dave. <laughs> I'd have thought you'd be aware of this. Yeah, because But yeah, oh, even, even my Palace season ticket holder friends who have complained all the time and said, you, you lot are just bitter about Pardew, even they're coming round and saying, yeah, you were right. The man needs to go. And it feels well, good to be to have people say, you right. were right. I like it. So what, what, what I'm waiting for is for Mark Bright to get back on Twitter and uh, and send me a message and apologise. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about your Twitter beef with Mark Bright. That's the former footballer, not the Towie guy, isn't it? Or is that Mark Bright? Yeah. 
actually couldn't tell you. I've, I've never watched it. You probably had beef with him as well. No, probably. But so what? What's frustrating is that um, while um, when we were in the the, the doldrums and Pardew was having his one of one of his catastrophic runs with us, the the rhetoric was very much well. Look, he got you to fifth. Look, he got um, he's brought in all these players. Um, you've got a short memory and you're fickle and all the rest of it. Thus far, um, even uh, like none of the none of the uh, the stories coming out are saying um, that it's the Crystal Palace fans' fault. It's not the Crystal Palace. No. It's very much our fault. And they hate the companies. Only, the, the Palace fans. They do. They I, I think the only reason is is because I think part of the we demand better. Um, from our manager than we were seeing, not just on the field but off the field as well. Yeah. We we demand better. I think they he had a lot more grace because he saved them from relegation in their eyes, and he took them on a decent run last season. And he's brought some you know big name players to their club that they probably didn't expect uh, Chris Palace mm. to be able to attract. I think that I get, patience I get, is running out though. Yeah, and and when when he sacked. I would expect someone like Sam Allardyce to go into that club um, and just get them safe and yeah. and, and all the rest. So like, I know, I know, I've got like um, I've got uh, a problem with Alan Pardew, but I genuinely like Crystal Palace as a football club. Yeah, I think same it's a, here. That's what it's a community club and all that. Um, I'd I like just, to go again wow. and enjoy it, but I, I've been a couple of times since Pardew's been there and just. Can't stand the guy. Mm. That's good. Um, yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to oh, sorry. bring up was uh, Jamal Asel's, um There's rumblings about uh, Chelsea being interested in, oh, in yeah. him in January. And yeah. um, again, like in a similar way to Rafa, I can't see him trading was essentially half a year in the championship. Uh, where he's the captain of a team that's doing well, it's being managed by a good manager, and you know it's it's a field. He, he, you know he's not unhappy at the club, and he's likely to be in the Premier League next season, and he's likely to be a, a you know a starter under under Rafa Benitez. Um, I can't see him trading that. For, oh, for I, I definitely can. He's a footballer. But, he's he would be offered probably triple or quadruple his current wages. For to go to a Champions League team, he'd he'd be mad not to. I don't yeah. know whether the offer would come in. It might just be paper. I mean, I have I have like written a couple of notes where I've put positives and negatives, and the positives is like team camp, you can like, send it to him. Rafa, and but the negatives are money talks, and Chelsea are also challenging for the title, and they've also got a very good manager. Yeah, so, they've got Conte. They're challenging for the title. They'll be in the Champions League next year. Yeah, I just I think I think the, the 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 more accurate rebuttal would be I don't think Chelsea are interested in him. Yeah, and there's rumours of that, but I don't think he's good enough to play in the Champions League for Chelsea under Antonio Conte. Like I can't I can't see it myself. Um, I can't I can't see many of our team um, going anywhere in January. I think there'll only be additions, maybe Czech Tiote, as we've discussed before, yeah. leaving. But I can't see, like, none of none of the people who are regularly getting games. So Jamal Assel won't be going anywhere. Neither will, it's unlikely that Anita will be gone because he's a favourite of yeah. rappers. 
The one you'd worry about in like the type you'd worry about would be Dwight Gale, but then he's he's done the Premier League before and he's it's not worked out for him before. So I think he'd probably be more wary of making the move when he's actually having a good time at a club and scoring. Yeah. Uh, so Mitrovic, um if Mitrovic if if for example Mitrovic wasn't getting starts in the in the um, in the championship, and he was getting a bit frustrated about being on the bench. Um, I could see him being tempted by someone like Napoli or whatever. Yeah, but he he is getting games and he's scoring goals and he's playing under Rafa Benitez, who is frankly an incredible manager. And he's you know he, he lost it at Newcastle. He's, I mean, I know a lot of it might be lip service, but he, he seems to spend most of his time speaking well of the club and, and everything yeah so, the Benitez I, factor I think is bigger to the fans than it is to the players though I think we you think yeah I think we transfer a lot of what we hope sometimes into them if Chelsea you, came in for LaSalle for example you wouldn't say well I want to stay and work with Benitez no if it was a choice between Conte and Benitez it's like it's an easier choice but if it's a choice for like the majority of our players aren't good enough to play under managers of Rafa Benitez's quality, really. Well, they are though. They're, they're playing under him. I know what you're saying, yeah, but, but I think I think the quality of the manager they're playing under for a lot of players comes third or fourth down the list, and money will always be at the top for most of them. And a move to the think? Premier League, yeah, completely. But then, if you if you were offered a job and the the, the job meant that you had to work underneath some, um, I don't know, like if you got it, because you're a writer, if you were offered a job to work with Steven Spielberg or J.J. Uh, Abrams or uh, whichever director that you like, um, you take that job over a better paid role working for Michael Bay, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure. a Premier League footballer. <laughs> but you're a Premier League writer, is my well. point. Like now, in all in all seriousness, you'd want to work with the best manager that you possibly could at the Premier League when when you know that your standard. Like, but then you look at. Is not, I think I don't know. I I don't quite agree with that because there's been some very good players gone to play under some half decent managers just for just for the money. Look at the players who came to play under Pardew for us. Players like Kabai and Sissoko. They could have gone to better managers in the French leagues, but they came for the money and the the profile. Well, yeah, but then then the the, the trouble with that is that perhaps the better managers didn't go in for them, and you know, so it wasn't that Kabai was leaving a really good manager to come to um, to come to work for Pardew and without the money and without everything else. He, he came to the Premier League because he wanted to move to PSG. Uh, or Arsenal, so he needed that stepping stone. So that's why he joined Newcastle United. I think it's like um, Jesus Gámez or um, Ashraf Lazar or uh, Grant Hanley or like those players. They came to Newcastle, yeah, partly because they'll get a, a decent wage. But I'm talking like, again. Jesus Gámez swapped. Uh, it was Atletico Madrid, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and he swapped that to come and work for Rafa Benitez in the championship and he's not even playing. I think and for, I think for some players it's Napoli. a big thing, but then look at players like 
Demba Barr or uh, Loic Remy or Kevin Nolan going down to the championship for West Ham, although he's got a relationship with Sam Allardyce. But I think, yeah. we'll, I think we probably disagree on this point. I think it's mostly money for the, the vast majority of players. We should move on because we're going to wrap it up fairly soon. Okay. There was a reserve game yesterday, I believe, against West Brom. And mm-hmm. Murphy, Lazar and Haidara all played. They're all coming back. And Lazar, who I thought was a left-back, was playing as a winger. Yeah, he's he's it's that modern fullback, modern mm. wingback um, thing. Where I can't remember who was it. Was it Jamie Carragher who said to Gary Neville that all fullbacks are just failed wingers? Uh, I think it's something like that, that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the case with Lazar. I think that he's um, he's competent. He, he was competent enough in that league for that team to play as a as a fullback. Perhaps there was a better winger ahead of him, but they wanted that attacking um, verb on the left. But he can certainly play. Mm. He certainly has been playing fullback in throughout his career. But he's he played winger beforehand, and he, it might be that he'll play winger again for us. It might be that he'll play fullback. It might be that he never plays again. Right? Yeah, well, I think so from what I read, they be... switched him and Haidar uh, around in the second half. So then Haidar was playing as a winger. So I think it. Yeah. It was just testing them both out from the sounds of it. Well, and Daryl Murphy scored as well for the reserves. So it'd be interesting to play see. I don't think we'll have a feature in the black and white shirt for that. Like, yeah. It's hard Unless to see how he's going to get a game. Well, because he's obviously back up for Mitrovic in the games where we need a, a big lump up front. Yeah. But then... In all the games I would expect to play a big lump up front, coming up against um, Pontus Janssen and Kyle Bartley, who are big, strong, you know, good in the air, um, you know, physical uh, defenders, I would have expected, I honestly expected Mitrovic to get a game because, you know, it's troubled and to, to, to compete with them, but perhaps it was a better idea, well, it was obviously a better idea to play Gale because he... Yeah, them all over the place. But I think you're right. We will see Mitrovic starting soon. Uh, I'd like to start against Blackburn. Yeah, well, we should go on to the the Blackburn game. So they're 22nd in the league. Were you saying? Yes. Although I saw they did just beat Brentford at the weekend. You want a yeah, sure. team? So who knows? They've got four points away all season, and it's at St James's Park. So I think you would have to. You'd have to heavily fancy us to win this. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll be comfortable favourites. And although they've got a, a player who scored quite a few goals in Sam Gallagher, um, he's got seven for the season so far, which is very good for a, for a, you know for a player for a team that's at the wrong end of the table. I think honestly, this is one of those where I feel guilty about how confident I am. Yeah. I fancy us to put three or four past them because we are so much better than the bottom end of the championship. That I fancy us to, yeah, three or four goals easily. Wow. Without so return. Which one are you going for? Three or four? Four. Wow. I'm going to go three nil then. Yeah. And then after that. Oh, I see. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, you go ahead. I was just going to ask if you, are you going for the? Are you doing the same thing that I do, where we can't possibly have the same? Yeah, um, I don't like prediction. having the same prediction as someone else. It feels wrong. Good. <laughs> and um, obviously. Uh, Fergus Craig will go 3-1 because he always goes 3-1 now. That's his new 1-1, isn't it? Yeah. 
And then after that, on Tuesday, away at Hull in the League Cup quarterfinal. Yeah, Which, this is where I worry about my confidence because I think that will be an easy game. Just Hull look awful at the minute. I know they're a Premier League team, but they seem to be a Premier League team in name only. Yeah. And you've got, you've got to expect them... Either they're going to play their full-strength team in the hope that it gives their full-strength team confidence, mm. or they're going to play their you know, absolute reserves. And they have no depth as well. They've got the smallest squad in the Premier League. But we are the best team in the Championship away from home. Um, and I'd fancy us to play our stronger side. Like The biggest concern for me is Shelby. If Shelby's missing, yeah. I don't fancy us to beat Hull away because I think that will come as too much of a, a shock to our way of playing. Yeah, and suddenly to, Gale's like if, production line has lost half of its sort of impetus. Exactly. And, and if it got to the point where, um, like if, if we were playing Hull in four games' time and that was the fourth game of Shelby's five-game ban, I fancy us more yeah. but because it's so quick it might take the, the players a few games to get used to it so I'm going to go if Shelby's play, well sorry either way I'm going to say that we're going to win 2-1 I was going to go 2-1 <laughs> I'm going to go 1-0 then <laughs> yeah yeah Perfect. I think that might be everything oh our games now yeah. I saw on NUFC.com they were saying the radio commentary of Newcastle games is available they're not charging people to listen to it now there's a beta yeah, actually, for the new site I was going to say yeah the, the beta for the new site all you've got to do is sign up to it with either an email address or you can use one of your social media pro- profiles it's now completely free anybody who was a paid up member um, of that of, of nufc.co.uk uh, they're, they're talking about refunds and reimbursements and stuff like that um, it's you, you not only do you get like the, the radio coverage of every game, there's a lot of um, uh, features and there's lot, lots of interviews with players and interviews with Rafa Benitez and there's you know highlights of the reserve game. Posters. Like that. So, sorry? Yeah, posters of all your favourite players. Yeah. yeah. I'm making this up. <laughs> it's no, free, good. So it's totally it's, worth it. I think this season especially, the idea of radio commentary isn't the worst in the world might be the only way we can get to hear or see some games I think on that bombshell (laughs) on that bombshell we should probably I was so slick until then let's start again we'll record the whole thing from the top it's fine okay okay well thank you very much Dave Watson thanks Paul and I've been Paul Doolan and Fergus should be back next week unless this Swiss uh, the Swiss post office advert is becoming an epic but I don't think it will be. So thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.